Hey, happy Father's Day, guys. Give it up for the fathers in here. Look around. Look at all the dads. All right. Happy Father's Day, guys. Hey, uh, first of all, I just want to say happy Father's Day to a few guys. Uh, first of all, uh, by tape, uh, my father uh, is still living. He's uh, 87 years old and lives in uh, Omaha, Nebraska. So happy Father's Day, Dad. Uh, happy Father's Day to my father-in-law, Jim Smith from Dallas, Texas, is with us. And uh, just a good, God, just a wonderful, wonderful man, godly man, uh, raised uh, his kids so well. Uh, this morning, he didn't know I was going to say that, got up, and uh, I'm up early on Sunday morning. I'm not a morning guy, but Sunday morning, I got to get up and uh, looked out, went in to get my coffee, and, and Jim, uh, early in the morning, is there reading his Bible. I just uh, love that. So, happy Father's Day, Jim. Love you. And uh, happy Father's Day. I'll get emotional. Uh, to Larry, we lost my stepdad three years ago, and he was a great guy. I guess what I'd like to say is that um, this is a diverse audience because some of us have lost dads. And uh, in that, some had good relationships with fathers that uh, are deceased. And others uh, have not had good relationships with fathers who are deceased. So Father's Day can stir all kinds of things up. Or again, maybe uh, our father is still living and uh, I have a wonderful relationship with my dad and Appreciate that. So that's a good thing. But I know a lot of people who, whose father is still living and there's a lot of conflict and there's been hurt and there's pain and there's division and there's unforgiveness. So as you can only appreciate, there's a lot of diversity in the room. And I'm going to try to do the best job I can to honor our Heavenly Father. That's the focus uh, as well as honoring you. But I, I can't speak to everybody's individual situation. But I'm trusting God's love and His grace and His mercy to be with all of us. Uh, how many of you in here are kids? <laughs> Some are looking at me like, I'm not sure. <laughs> no, come on. Okay, how many of you are kids? All right. So you've all had a father, one way or other, a naturally born father or a stepfather or an adopted father. So we all can relate today. The greatest, one of the greatest opportunities and honors and privileges of my life has been to be a father. I love and adore my three kids. Uh, Kyle, uh, my oldest, lives in Dallas, Texas, and so couldn't be here today. Uh, my daughter, Kristen, uh, I love deeply, the only daughter. She's at another church today. And then Nathaniel, good to have you here, my buddy. Uh, my youngest, Nathaniel. He's my baby. He doesn't look like a baby anymore. <laughs> Uh, but uh, so what uh, I just love my kids from the moment we found out that we were pregnant until I take my last breath on planet Earth. I have prayed and will continue to pray multiple times through the day that my kids will be raised up by God to be world changers for Christ. That's my deep passion. And you'll hear it as I go through this. That's what I pray for all three of my kids, that God would use them in awesome and dynamic ways to be world changers for Christ. Hey dads, I respect you. Because I know what we go through. My oldest Kyle is getting ready to turn 29. And so I know the ups and the downs and the twists and the turns and the great days and the hard days. 
The days I couldn't be more excited for my kids than the other days when my heart just absolutely breaks. I know what you feel, and you know what I feel. And so it's good to be together today. I honor all of the dads in here. I don't want you to raise your hands, but I want to ask you a couple of questions. How many of you have been a successful father? However you define success. How many of you are perfect dads? How many of you have made some mistakes? How many of you have done some good things and some right things regarding being a dad? How many of you know that it's not over? And that today you can make some new decisions to improve and to grow and to be the best dad that God has in store for you and that you want to be. I've entitled the message today, Fathers and Grandfathers. We forget sometimes we just talk about Father's Day. I want to address the grandfathers in here as well. Fathers and grandfathers, be vine dressers. I know you're going, what kind of title is that? Pray with me, please. God, there's probably not a one of us in here that doesn't need some encouragement and some courage and some healing in regard to earthly fathers, again, whether deceased or living. Probably not one of us in here, Lord, that doesn't have some work to do in regard to You as Heavenly Father. And so I just pray that Your love and mercy and Holy Spirit would be at work deep in all of our hearts. You know me, Lord, I I don't want to just go through routines or just do traditions. I want to catch Your heart and Your heartbeat. I want to see people's lives encouraged and freed and changed for Your glory. So we're here for a purpose today. Lord, give us eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart to perceive. Help us to leave here today. Truly grateful for Heavenly Father. And maybe as challenging it might be for some, let us leave here today being grateful for our earthly fathers, whether deceased or living. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. As a father or as a grandfather, are you or have you been a vine dresser? Now, I don't know about you, I know that seems like kind of a strange question. My assumption is you've never been asked that before in your life. Has anybody ever asked you that question? Uh, Matter of fact, probably the only church in America today that that's the name of the title. Fathers, grandfathers, be vine dressers. It's not your traditional. I was thinking about it this week, and uh, in the fall I'll uh, complete 38 years in ministry. I'll go into my 39th year, and uh, that means I've been preaching many, many Father's Day, and... um, I was just praying about uh, three, four weeks ago about this message and, you know, all the traditional ones. And I thought, well, I could go in my file. I don't like to ever preach another message. I don't know. That's just me. So I thought, well, maybe I'd go to a file and maybe it'd catch an idea. And I just said, no, it's just time, Father, just for me to pray. And as I was praying, Lord, what do you want me to share? John 15 came to mind, and we'll go there in a second, about that he's the fine dresser. And I thought, what? Is that the name of my title? Father, grandfathers, be vine dressers? Uh, I've never been asked that question. I'm 42 years old and I've never been 
<laughs> Sorry. A couple of years older. I've never been asked that question. And uh, so uh, today, I assume you've never been asked that question. It might seem a little strange, but I think that question can help us think and ponder and evaluate and uh, grow and mature and improve who we are as fathers and as grandfathers. The reality is to be a successful father or grandfather, you can gain some important insights by looking at the role and the concept of a vine dresser. And again, this is probably a new concept, so what I'm hoping and assuming and praying is that you're going to hear some things today that will wet your whistle and and make you think and get you excited, and then you'll have some homework. If nobody's ever asked you that question, then most likely you have some, some homework to study and to think and to try to figure that out. But I really do believe there are some nuggets of truth and, and revelation that we can gain as fathers and grandfathers in the Bible in John chapter 15. So I'd like to invite you to turn there if you have your Bibles this morning, John chapter 15. If not, you can watch on the PowerPoint. We're going to go over two verses. But I want you to be thinking, if you're a dad, if you're a father or a grandfather, are you or have you been or are you willing to be a vine dresser? A vine dresser. John chapter 15, uh, starting in verse 1. Uh, these are the words of the Lord Jesus. And He said, I am the true vine. Now listen. And my Father is the vine dresser. You know, I've been around this Scripture, read it three million times possibly, taught on it, heard theological discourses on it. And most of the focus is on that Jesus is the vine. Very seldom do we talk about the next part of that verse. My Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, He takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, He prunes that it might bear more fruit. Again, you possibly read this verse countless times. But if you ever read it with an eye to or a perspective about being a father or a grandfather, Jesus says, I'm the vine, but my father is the vine dresser. Now listen to what he does. Every branch in me that bears no fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it might bear more fruit. He begins to describe a little bit about what he does. And we'll talk about that in a moment. But I think today, as a father or a grandfather in here, this verse can be applicable to you. Because God is our what? Father. And He's a good, good father. And He's a perfect father. And He's the example of fatherhood or being a grandfather. So if He's a vine dresser, guys, what are we supposed to be as fathers and grandfathers? Vine dressers. And so if nobody's ever asked you that question, and again, assume that that hasn't happened, this can be a new day for you. Have you ever gone to church and go, well, I've heard all that before? You know, how many messages have you been in church a long time? I've been preaching for 38 years. I've preached a lot of messages. But you know what? There's always something new we can learn because we're going to be learning about Father for all eternity. There are seven aspects about a vine dresser that I would like to propose to you today. So again, if you're a father or a grandfather, here's seven things that I want you to think about or can ponder. Again, I can only hit it briefly. You're going to have to do some encouragement and some study on your own. But I think it will bring forth a message today. First of all is knowledge. Is knowledge. Being a successful vine dresser requires knowledge. 
Being a vine dresser is a very specialized work and activity, and knowledge is supreme. Knowledge is paramount. I think that's true as a father and a grandfather. You need to have knowledge. How many of you know you were not born with the knowledge you need to be a successful father or grandfather? I don't know that we all think that, but it just seems like, you know, when we're young and we fall in love and we find the right person and then as we get married and then we start to have children. I know for me it was just like, well, okay, I'm, I'm equipped. Okay, I'm going to be an okay dad because I'm a dad. And I realize over all those years I probably could have or should have gained more knowledge. How do you do that? First of all, my opinion, I think you've got to run to God's Word. That's what a preacher is supposed to say, get to the Word. Because how in the world are you going to have the right knowledge if you don't know the game plan? Right? If you don't know the rule book. And yet, I think we subtly just believe because we have kids, we have enough knowledge to raise them. I, I think uh, at best that's vanity, and at the worst it could be Utter foolishness to believe just because we're a human being, just because we produce children, we have the knowledge of what it takes to be a vine dresser or a father or a grandfather. We need knowledge. And what I want to say to you, if I can, in the kindest way, if you want to be the best father you can, get in God's Word. They don't pay me to say that. That was a long time ago when I first got into ministry. I'm saying it now because I believe it, I believe it, I believe it. I don't know how you can be the best vine dresser, the best father, the best uh, grandfather if you don't know God's Word, if you're not putting God's Word in your heart, if you don't know the kind of father that He is and He was. I plead with you, if you're a dad, if you haven't been in the Word, or you've got slack, or you've got detoured in regard to the Word of God, the most important thing for a vine dresser is to know what it means to be a vine dresser. The greatest thing that we can learn as a father and a grandfather is to learn from our Heavenly Father. And the way we do that is we get into His Word. We read it. We understand it. We ask questions. We feed our soul with it so that when we have a chance to interact with our sons and our daughters, hopefully it's not just our carnal nature. Hopefully it's the Spirit of God. Hopefully it's the Word of God that's working through us. Guys, I encourage you to read. Read God's Word, but read other things. How many of you know we're living in a day and age of just so much ample material in books and on the Internet? We'll never be able to get before God and uh, the judgment seat of God and judgment seat of Christ and, and just say, gosh, there wasn't just enough material in my day and age. I, there just wasn't access to the Internet or enough books for me to learn about other people and how to be a father, and how to be a grandfather, how to be a vine dresser. I just didn't have enough material. You know, that ain't going to fly, don't you? God's going to give you a little picture of, of the day and age you lived in. My friends, I want to encourage you. When my kids were, were younger and growing up, man, I tried to read every book I can. I don't know whether it made any difference, but I at least read... But you know what I've noticed this last week or two? I've stopped reading about what it means to be a father or a grandfather. Well, I certainly haven't arrived. My kids are pretty close to perfect, but they're not quite there yet. 
guys, and get with some other guys and ask them what they've learned. To ask somebody else, another father, hey, what are your successes? Hey, where have you missed it? Actually, Rod Wilson's become a dear friend of mine. We meet, and, and uh, I don't know, I've got a, a son that's engaged, and I've got a daughter that's dating, and, well, one of these days, Nate. No, just kidding. <laughs> that's getting fresh. Hey, pray for him. He's going to be a cop, okay? And then he can get married after that. The reality is, um, the reality is I ask Rod, because he's got some kids that are married. Hey, what, what can I learn? If I could go back and do anything, well, most anything, I probably would have afforded myself a greater opportunity to be mentored by an older dad. Man, would you mentor me? Would you teach me? Would you show me what to do? So again, we don't have a lot of the younger people, but we do have some here. Man, I would say that. So gain knowledge. One of the most important things as a vine dresser is to gain the knowledge on what it means to be a vine dresser. Are you with me? Number two, care. Be able to care for the vine. Uh, the word care means the provision of what is needed for health, welfare, maintenance, and protection. I basically would probably just use this uh, word and, and call it prioritization. I don't think I need to try to explain care for your kids or care for um, the grapes from a vine dresser. But I want to say prioritization. And we all probably assume that we prioritize our kids, but can you just check it out? Can you just have enough courage to step back and, and maybe in the next couple of days and say, God, are my priorities right? Because I find that sometimes some of the mistakes that I've made is I over-prioritized my kids. They became everything to me. Every waking moment. My whole life was about my three kids. And I really did some damage to them and myself. I over-prioritized. But I've been in this work a long time, and I've met a lot of kids. I've met a lot of dads and a lot of parents who, who basically say, you know what, I didn't prioritize them enough. I was so busy with my work or my hobbies or other particular things. Pro proper prioritization is vitally important for an effective vine dresser. He can't stand out there all day long and just kind of look at the grapes. Nor can he just ignore it at all. He's got to have the right prioritization of time and energy and effort and provisions. And so today is not to, to say you've done a good job or a bad job. Today is, is being a vine dresser, an effective father and grandfather, is that you grow in your knowledge of what it is and what it takes, and then you step back and say, how am I doing with my prioritization? Am I prioritizing them effectively and in a healthy way? So there's knowledge, there's care, there's three, there's pruning. There's pruning. Pruning is a very important and significant responsibility of a vine dresser. The overall health and well-being of that grape is dependent upon pruning. See, pruning is... Uh, pruning, if we want to call it that way, is, is really a cutting back or a cutting away. If we could put it this way, it's correction or discipline. And what pruning does is it goes in and it, it looks and it finds out what is it's diseased or what's dead and, and it cuts it back so new life can come. Did you know part of our job as a, a father or even as a grandfather is not only to grow in our knowledge of what it takes and what God wants of that and provide the, the right care and prioritization, 
But we have to involve ourselves in pruning and cutting back and, and discipline and correction. And you know, again, how many times, how many of you ever took a class on how to prune effectively? How to provide the right discipline or correction? You know what? We have classes for almost everything, but sometimes we don't have classes for parents or grandparents on how to do this job. It is not easy to learn how to prune effectively. Matter of fact, I'm glad Jim's here. He's a very handyman. We had this big tree out in front of our house, and it's growing everywhere. And so we spent one day pruning that tree. So he taught me a lot about pruning. So I'm a better pruner of my tree. Maybe I'll be a better pruner of my kids. Now they're all older. They don't want the correction or discipline anymore. They say, Dad, you know what? I'm on my own. Pay my own bills. Forget it. No, hopefully that's not the case. The point being is that we need to learn how and when. If you really study the work of a vine dresser, and I've done that the last couple of weeks, and if you haven't ever done that, I really want to encourage you as a dad or a grandfather, man, just look up vine dresser and start studying. It's, it's intriguing. I've never done it. I've really enjoyed it. But you know what? A vine dresser and the pruning, they need to know how to prune and when to prune. If they prune at, in a wrong way at a wrong time, they'll damage the grape. And you know what? I wish I would have had this knowledge 30 years ago. But you know what? I find that sometimes people overemphasize pruning. The dad is always the disciplinarian. It's always on their case. It's you're not doing this. You better watch out for that. You know, you're in trouble here. And so we can overemphasize pruning. Or you know what? We can ignore it or underestimate it. Ah, oh, you know what the movie oh, Go ahead. You know, it's 18's great to get married. Yeah, that that you know that guy. You know, who cares? Get a get a piercing. I never said that to my kids. Get a tattoo. I never said that to my kids. Stay out all night. I never said that to my kids. Here's the key to the car. The key to my new car. I never said that to my kids. But the point being, even today, as a father or a grandfather, even if your kids are older, you know you can correct or discipline even if they're out of the house. It takes skill. You've got to know what and when and how. But if we're going to be good vine dressers, effective vine dressers, fathers, grandfathers, we have to not only have knowledge and increased knowledge, we need to have prioritization and care, but we need to be very effective in our pruning. And that's why I want to take you back to God's Word, because there's many, many verses on how you bring correction, how you bring discipline also to adult children. And that's kind of your homework, is get in the Word and look up the word discipline. Look up the word correction. And ask yourself, am I doing that effectively as a dad or even as a grandfather? Do you ever have to discipline our kids? Probably so. <laughs> did we allow you? I hope we did. That's why they turn out so good, Right? Okay, so you got that with me? We've got knowledge. We've got care. We've got pruning. The next one is pest protection. Pest protection. A great threat against the health and the growth of a grape or our kids is pests. Would you agree with me? How many of you garden, have flowers or gardens or anything? How many of you know you got pests that like to uh, attack? They want to damage that which you believe is healthy and 
important to you. Human beings or our kids, our sons and our daughters, have two great enemies. The first great pest or enemy is their humanity. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible calls it the flesh or the carnal nature or the human nature. And the other enemy is the demonic world. We live in a spiritual world. Though here in the West, we want to ignore it, deny it, call it something else. My friends, there is a dark, evil, spiritual world that we're living in, whether we want to accept it or not. I thought about this, and it kind of fits in here, a little side trail, but I remember we used to live to a, next to a person not too long ago. Well, I guess it was many, many years ago. And we were all raising kids, and, and uh, I was trying to teach my kids about the pest, their flesh, and the demonic world. And the guy, I'll never forget, he says, you know what? I will never talk to my kids about the dark world, about demons, about evil. And I thought, then, man, there is a major pest that's going to attack your children, and you're not going to prepare them and equip them and talk to them. I realize there's times and ways and seasons, and whether you agree with me or not, the reality is, There are pests in this world that are fighting against our children. It's their flesh. It's their carnal nature. And it is a dark, evil world. And so I believe part of the pest protection is we need to talk to them about it. We need them to understand it. We need to be able to have an interface and conversation. When it happens, it needs to be teachable moments. Okay, when that happened, what happened? Did, did you just get tempted? Did you take a detour? Did, did you feel like there was a dark cloud? Was there an evil influence in that? How do you win the battle against pests if you don't even believe there are pests? I thought somebody said amen. Maybe that where that came from. <laughs> You're just so intent, right? <laughs> Did he fall asleep on me? No, not yet. <laughs> Just talking a little too loud. That's normal for me. Uh, hey, dads. Fathers and grandfathers. Vine dressers, listen to me. No matter how old your kids get, they need you to take your rightful place to fight against the pests in their life. And the greatest insecticide I know is prayer. Pray. Pray. Pray for your kids. Constantly. All the time. I hope that's not over-prioritization. A lot of my day is spending, spent praying for my kids. Applying the insecticide against their carnal nature, their flesh, and the demonic powers that they're fighting against so they're not diseased, they're not damaged, that the plan and will of God for their lives can come forward. They can be all that God wants them to be. So fathers, grandfathers, vine dressers out there, gain knowledge. Continue to prioritize and care. Be involved in the pruning that needs to go on and the cutting back and the protection And also understand one of your roles is pest protection. Help them understand, win, and fight that battle. Number five is, man, I'm almost out of time. Irrigation. How many of you know water is important in life? I've been facing some uh, health challenges recently, and uh, they have me drinking four liters of water. (laughs) I don't know what you're thinking. That means I'm going to the bathroom every ten minutes. 
So that means I'm closing up real close. Very surely. No, I'm just kidding. Four liters of water. Water, water, water. They're telling me that is so vitally important for my health and my well-being and my recovery. And you say, well, what does that have to do? I want you to know any good vine dresser understands the importance of water and irrigation for the health and the well-being of the grape. You know, in the Bible, uh, water symbolizes, represents the Holy Spirit. The reality is our kids need us to provide the Holy Spirit. That they, they see that, they know that, they learn that. That they know how to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. How to follow the Holy Spirit. How to be filled with the Spirit. How to follow the Spirit. If you're a father or a grandfather, your children or grandchildren need great irrigation. They need you to provide water. They need you to provide the Holy Spirit in their life. When Jesus ascended, He sent the Spirit, the Spirit of truth, the Comforter, the Counselor. I don't know how you live an effective life today without a relationship with the Holy Spirit, a vibrant one where you hear Him and you you love Him and you follow Him and you let Him convict you. And, And so I just want to say to you, fathers and grandfathers, vine dressers in here, continue to water your children and grandchildren with the Holy Spirit. There were so many years in the church you couldn't even talk about the Holy Spirit. It's the third person of the Trinity. He's vital. We need Him. Give your kids the right irrigation. Give your kids the right dose of the Holy Spirit. How about harvest? Harvest. When I talk about the word harvest, I really think of the word maturity. As a vine dresser, what a vine dresser does with all of his knowledge and and care and the pruning and the pest control and the irrigation... What he's trying to do is he's trying to get that grape to come to full maturity. And fathers and grandfathers, with all our increased knowledge and prioritizing our kids and being involved in pruning and and, uh, uh, the pest protection that we do and irrigation of the Holy Spirit, is that our kids would be mature. And I'm not just talking about worldly maturity. Yes, I want my kids to grow up and be mature and pay their bills and be law-abiding citizens and all that stuff. But I want my kids to be mature in Christ. That's my goal, is that they would be mature in Christ so they could fulfill the full plan and purpose that God has for their life. And the last is responsibility. No matter your age, no matter whether you are a father in here and you feel like you've been successful or not successful. I felt all those feelings. There's been many a day that I patted myself on the back and I fell to my knees and I blessed God and thanked God that somehow maybe I did something right to be successful in raising my kids. You know me, I try to be as transparent as I can. There's been many a day where my heart's been broken. And I've fallen to my knees and I said, Oh God, I'm so sorry that I blew it. That I wasn't paying attention. Or I just missed it. And I wasn't successful in being the kind of father that I wanted to be. So whether you feel like you've been a successful father or 
maybe not as successful, you still have a responsibility. No matter where your kids are at, no matter what age they are, no matter whether you're overcome with guilt or you're patting yourself on the back, look at my kids, they're way ahead of everybody else. Wherever you are, wherever you've been, you have a responsibility to be a vine dresser. To grow in your knowledge of what it takes to be a father or a grandfather. To make sure you're caring for them in a healthy and right way by prioritization. That you're involved in the pruning process so that they can have those dead things cut out, those diseased things cut out of their life. So that you can still be involved in applying the right insecticide, keeping those pests away. That you're providing them the right water and uh, ample amount of the Holy Spirit in their life. And that you're helping them become the most mature people in Christ they can be. You have a responsibility. You know, when we come to the end of our days, I would love for Kyle and Kristen and Nathaniel to say, Man, Dad's a good dad. But you know what's more important for me to hear him say? My dad was a successful dad. And I don't mean that in any worldly terms. You see, the one is good old boy, good old dad. That's good old dad. I want to be good old dad. But that's not my highest goal. I want to be a successful father. I want to be a successful vine dresser. And when the time comes, I want to be a successful grandfather. I'm going to have the band come back. So ladies, I don't know how you're taking this or applying this. But dads, ask a question like I did at the beginning. Are you or have you been a vine dresser to leave today? hope you have a great day. I hope you have just a superb day. No matter how many successes or failures, God's called you to be a vine dresser. Grow in knowledge. Make sure you're prioritizing effectively. Prune where you can and the Lord leads. Pray, pray, pray for your kids with pest control. Irrigate them effectively with the Holy Spirit. Continue to recognize the goal is harvest. And last but not least, what an honor to have the responsibility to be a father of incredible kids. It's great to be a dad. You agree with me? It's great to be a dad. Happy Father's Day. Let's stand and sing.
Heavenly Father is the greatest vine dresser. We learn a lot from that. Hey, I'm sorry, I'm usually not very emotional. So, uh, but when I talk about my Heavenly Father and I talk about the opportunity and privilege to be a father, it gets me at the core of who I am. Hey guys, happy Father's Day. Everybody else, love you. Have a great day. God bless you. And just enjoy the day. God's given us. Amen. Have happy Father's Day.